We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number one of the Get Right. We're Reg and KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Game day, baby. My man, Alec Medford. Hold it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you for the next four hours here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers coming up in 20 minutes. My man, positive Pat Doney, going to be joining us from NBC5, talking all things stars, Rangers, a smorgasbord, if you will, with our man Pat Doney at 720 at 820. National Major League Baseball writer for The Athletic, Levi Weaver, going to be joining us talking all things Rangers and Major League Baseball at 820. Of course, as Reg mentioned, game night tonight, 830 at the AAC Stars. Looking to even up the series at one game apiece after Captain America did everything in his power to lead the Stars to a win. Unfortunately, they fell in overtime in game one. They look to bounce back tonight. The puck drops at 830 on TNT as the Stars look to even up their series at one game apiece. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula on Twitter. Busy night on the night as well. At 8 o'clock, Lakers and the Warriors. We'll talk about some of that as well. But, Reg, we start off tonight a little Cowboys conversation because what they, do. they were out there hitting home runs. Speaking of home runs, Pat Doney, when he joins the 720, uh, handle his business in the oh back to back the home run derby. That's right, back to back. Okay, we yeah. don't have to. Have, we're look. Mm-hmm. Pat is a very humble gentleman. Very uh, what's the right word? I don't even know what the right word, but he's very humble. Yeah, very, see, that's a good word. Dude. Good, yeah, yeah, wholesome human wholesome, being. Wholesome. That's the word I was looking for. Wholesome. Yeah. We gonna have to make him talk his stuff today. Oh yeah, he's gonna talk a lot of trash on that because he handled <laughs> business last night at the uh, the home run derby. A lot of fun last night, and also. They were talking, were the Cowboys, doing a lot of talking. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Sidarian. Also, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, as we all know, he let everyone know that he's going to be a quote-unquote full-time edge rusher next year, which, Medford, let me ask you real quick. Does that, did that have you up in arms? Did that bother you any? No? Didn't bother me. Excited okay. me because it didn't bother Reds really all that much. Like, Look, man. He's this, already been doing that. He's, saying, he's kind of already been doing that, so, you know. He let everybody like, know, I guess, officially that hey, you know, I'm going to edge next year. We, we've been we've been in this place. Like we were here what, last season. When we were talking about, oh, is he gonna is he gonna <laughs> rush the quarterback a lot? Are you gonna have him play linebacker? I was like, yeah, let him do both. And then we looked up at these uh, snap counts and we're like, oh, actually, he's, he's already he's, doing it. He's an edge rusher. Yeah, he is. And so like he's been an edge rusher. He'll drop. And I think the number that I looked up yesterday had him at 81 percent mm-hmm. at defensive end compared to uh, somewhere like 18, 19 percent. Um, back at linebacker. Yeah, no, he's he's an edge rusher now. And so that's what he is. And I understand why when you when you uh it becomes very apparent that that's what you're doing, you want to fully equip yourself with that for you know, and it's not he's his words were it's not like he's going to two seventy. Two fifty five is the cap. He just wanna be just a little bit stronger 
for uh, that particular job, which makes sense. Did, wasn't there a point in time during the season where like he was feeling a little rundown? Yeah, it felt a little wear down. A I don't bit. know. I don't know if like an extra seven pounds of muscle is what does it for you to help, but I can't. I can't uh, blame him for trying it. So that was one of the many things that became a topic yesterday. Also. The Cowboys and their contract situations also was a big topic of discussion. John Machota of The Athletic, his latest piece, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Land, Trayvon Diggs, talk contracts while Micah Parson discusses adding weight. So the question we start off with on tonight's conversations, which Cowboys contract is most important to you to get done now? So let's set the table here. Trayvon Diggs is entering into a contract year. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was a second-round pick, which means he has a four-year deal final year of that deal. CeeDee Lamb is eligible for a contract extension. His fifth-year option was already picked up going into 2024, where he'll make $18 million if he doesn't have a long-term deal done by the time we get there. Micah Parsons is eligible for a contract extension at the end of this upcoming season, and one Rain Dakota Prescott can get a contract extension at any point because we are now a couple of years into his four-year, $160 million deal, and that cap number continues to go up, Stephen Jones. So I'll start off with you, Reg. Which Cowboys contract is most important for you to see get done right now based on who is available to have theirs done? Do you want to start the conversation, Toxic? Because we're going to start the conversation. Oh, please, please It's Dak Prescott. It's the quarterback, right? Like the contract that he signed has it to where there's not a trade clause, right? Like, and there's he cannot be tagged. That's right. So once you get to the end of this, the cap number balloons up. That's a situation where all the conversations about, will you be able to build a team around him if he's taking up too much pie? You will be in that territory very soon if you do not rework something out to have him here longer. And look, I understand, again, this is the toxic part where we start doing the, is he the quarterback that you want running your, you know, at the helm of your team and all those things. I don't really feel inclined to have that conversation. And honestly, I don't feel like I have to because the Cowboys don't seem inclined on having that conversation. If that's the way that it is, go ahead and sign that up, stretch that out. And what is the thing that we always say about quarterback contracts sooner rather than later? Just go ahead and get that done because this thing is a revolving door and the next person up is just going to step up to the window and cast their check. So go ahead and get that done and figure this out so you do not get closer and closer to cap hell because the last time you did this, and please don't do this like the last time you do this. Oh, my God. We were all sick of having to have that conversation. Save us all <laughs> the misery of this. But the last time you did this, the longer you wait, it just meant more money that you had to pay. Get it done so that we don't have to keep worrying about that. Dak, what about your contract? How locked in are you when it comes to your next contract? More in tune? Yeah. No, probably less in tune than ever, really, to be honest with you. Uh, y'all, y'all know me and y'all know every offseason for me to go in there and get better as best as I can. And, that's, uh, that's tough that I leave to the Cowboys and, and I leave to my agent. Uh, they, they got it done years ago, and when it's time to get it done again, I, I trust in both of them. And um, As Steven has said, it might happen overnight. Who knows, right? But uh, that's not any of my concerns or my thought process. Cool. Dak Prescott sounds like a man who's worried about what he needs to take care of on the field and let Ty France, his high-powered agent, be able to handle things off the field when it comes to those negotiations, which I say is good advice. Right. Todd France has already shown his receipts. Yes. like <laughs> Plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, from the 214, theirs is CD. CD has been showing upper trajectory. Then Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Nod, Dak. From the 940, I know this sounds crazy and most will not agree, but for me, it's Terrence Steele. Now, that's an interesting one because he had his tender signed, and now he's going to be after this year if a deal is not done, an unrestricted free agent as well. 
Tyron Smith also in the final year of his contract is up at the end of this year as well. I like where the 940 is going, given the fact that we've talked a lot about the depth on this offensive line yep. and Terrence still going into a contract year where most dudes in contract years normally ball out. Terrence still has a chance coming off the torn ACL to do that himself going into this upcoming season. Absolutely understand that, especially because you are three, four seasons removed from having the unquestionable best offensive line in the league, and you saw the benefits of having that level of Mm -hmm. offensive line, and I hate to be the dude who is a broken record, but smarter football people than me that talk about football say that in its essence, it is about blocking and tackling. Yeah. And so making sure All about the trenches. Making sure that you have that um, in the right ways is something that is very important. I completely agree with that. Um, Now that we got the quarterback conversation out of the way, because again, I understand nobody wants to have that conversation. I don't want to have that conversation. It's not any fun. Um, (laughs) The one that's most important is the dude who was damn near defensive player of the year. Okay, so I I see where you're going there with that one. For me, that that's the one I'm not as concerned about is because that's when that was really easy. Okay, so that that was the way that I took the CD one. So both of those Mm. ones are really easy. I would agree with that. I think for Micah Parsons, that's easy. That's a blank check. CD Lamb. Assessing value, obviously having his best year this past year, second-team All-Pro, being able to establish where his value is relative to the other top 10 receivers in the league should be fairly low-complex for the Cowboys to get done. For me, though... We're about to get to that place, aren't we? Yeah, I'm going to go with Trayvon Diggs yeah, on, this buddy. Kind of, on this one. Yeah, buddy. Because here's what bothers me. If the Cowboys decide to walk away from this player after they lamented the fact that Byron Jones, who at one point was an All-Pro... As a Dallas Cowboy, people tend to forget that. Wasn't all pro at one point, but of course did not intercept the football the way that they wanted him to. Mm -hmm. Cowboys also felt like, hey, he's not giving us enough turnovers to command the kind of salary that he eventually got from Miami, where Miami's now looking around like, "Hmm, I don't know if we should have given him that money either. But (laughs) Trayvon does the thing that the Cowboys want their corners to do. That's break up passes and more importantly, create turnovers. Since he's come into the league in 2020, no one has intercepted the ball more and no one has more pass breakups than Trayvon Diggs. That, to me, in a passing league where you look at this secondary with J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson now back in the fold, you got Stephon Gilmore to pair alongside Trayvon Diggs, not only pass off wisdom, but create balance in that secondary. Trayvon Diggs, to me, is the most important one because I think the Dak Prescott contract, while it may be a little complicated, that should be fairly easy to get done. Micah and CD should be fairly layups for them. Trayvon, for me, is the most important one that needs to get done based on what they've told me they believe their corner should be doing and the fact that you didn't pay the one who was really good but didn't necessarily intercept the football. Trayvon, he needs to get paid. Wait, so Kevin, you're telling me that sometimes organizations, particularly NFL organizations, don't always hold true to their supposed tenets? mm Huh? How about that? Well, that's interesting. No, How about the, that? the tough thing about it for is you're right. Like all all of the history would say that this is the way that they'd be inclined to do it. I also look at the factors that we're talking about. How many of these major level contracts did we just talk about are going to be e- easy and layups and things that you imagine that they view as must dos? Right, quarterback, uh, defensive end, or defensive stalwart. You know, if we don't want to put labels on it, and Michael Parsons, uh, number one wide receiver, and Ceedee Lamb. You have all of that thing, and we've heard the mantra and the talking point of pie. Now what happens when that conversation comes to Trayvon Diggs, who, let uh, the way that I view it, and tell me if you view this differently, 
does not seem inclined to be like, I am going to play ball with you guys. I'm going to be um, hometown discount, even though this isn't his home. And I hate that saying, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I don't know that he's going to be inclined to like make this easy on you. And I don't know that the Cowboys are in the place where they have him as their highest priority to make it easier for them to make this negotiation. So while I get what you're saying, that should be where their value is. I also think that you look at the way that this stacks up on the roster and his level of priority for getting a deal done with the number that he wants and their level of priority for getting a deal done with the number that he wants aren't, I don't think are going to match up. Yeah. And I think that may be a little bit more difficult of a negotiation to get done, but what you don't want to do is to go into 2024 talking about tagging your top five corner at that kind of a salary. It would behoove the Cowboys to get a deal done with him rather than going into a year where he goes into unfettered free agency and allows the market to dictate what exactly he could get or risk having to tag him in order to keep him at a top five salary rather than getting a deal done. It just makes the most sense to me. And I know people say, Kevin, Cowboys don't typically pay their corners. They got so scared off from paying Brandon Carr a decade ago that they don't hardly do it anymore. But if you're not going to pay this corner, which one are you going to pay? at that particular point, or are you going to continue to take the risk of trying to find corners on the cheap in the draft, it will McClay we trust, versus actually trusting the dude and then paying him based on what he was actually able to do in a uniform based off the expectations you have for your corner. Yeah, this is on the truckwreck.com text line. Remember, you can always text in and get involved with the program, 877-881-1053. This comes from the 469. Which of those four is most dispensable? And the four, again, just to refresh your memory, Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, they, their vote goes to Diggs. And I wonder if the Cowboys view this the same um, because you're talking about the idea of, you know, where they do not value and historically. Haven't we talked about recently how it seems like their their value structure has been shifting? They just took a defensive tackle first uh, in, in the first round, right? That eventually has to shift somewhere. And I wonder if cornerback is the place where you're, you need to have the perfect prospect or whatever in order to feel like you're going to dump money into that place. And somebody else on the truckreg.com text line, the 530 mentions, Trayvon Diggs, um, the physicality or the lack thereof. Again, there's going to be knocks that you can put on any player. The, pro- the, the, the thing that you have to consider is how much do, does that particular absence or you know lack matter to you? And I wonder if for the Cowboys, they look at Trayvon Diggs and they're like, we love that he gets his hand on the football. We love the pass breakups, the interceptions, that particularly that you got in the rookie season. However, as a full as a full article, as a full garment, this isn't what we want to do at the highest level, considering all of the other obligations that we have contract wise. All of that sounds like um, carrying water for the Cowboys. And I'm not trying to do that. I just wonder if that's the way that this ends up playing, because we've already had smarter minds than mine, at least um, when it comes to the way that these deals go. Say, look for the Trayvon Diggs situation that might not be as easy to make happen as you think it will be. Yeah, and I guess the way that I look at my corners, look, he's never going to be, you know, the prototypical, or excuse me, he's not going to be one that engages in a lot of tackling. People will look at what happened in the San Francisco 49er playoff game and what happened there. I don't pay my corners to tackle. If my corners are out here making a bunch of tackles, we've got a real problem. At least in my mind, the way I view corner, especially in today's NFL, with the amount of array of passing offenses that we see, I pay my corners to cover and take away the football. And Trayvon Diggs has been literally the best at that since he got into the league. I'll pay for that value. And he showed me enough against Cincinnati, against the Giants at times last year, that he is willing to tackle and bring some of that physicality 
maybe not to the degree that a lot of people may want to see more of him from, but he's enough of a willing tackler that I'll take the chance on it and allow him to be the guy that takes away the football and breaks up passes for me on a consistent basis. Okay, so this here at the end, because it does seem like you have a high value uh, on Trayvon Diggs, and I think rightfully so, right? Like we've seen the things that he does well and those things he does pretty extraordinary. Um, from the 903, they say that they take Diggs over Lamb. And we, we mentioned uh, CeeDee Lamb as mm. well as Michael Parsons in that place of that's going to get done easily. And we understand, you know, you had the year where you had Alan Hearns out here or the, you know, one by committee, by committee, whatever, right. all that. Yeah. Um, so recently you've seen the ways that, you know, things have influenced the Cowboys to value that high-level wide receiver. But also we've seen in the NFL of late wide receiver being something that's a little bit more common. Would would you then agree maybe or have some openness to the idea that Trayvon Diggs uh, has a priority over the CeeDee Lamb? Of course, ignoring what we what we kind of think we know sure. and the kind of the tone that CeeDee Lamb took mm-hmm. yesterday at the uh, Home Run Derby. Yeah, I think based on what you're talking about with the amount of teams that are using two, three, and four wide receivers, your ability to have premium corners and good corners to supplement around your top two is vital in today's NFL. So I could see the point where the 903 is going about taking digs over Lamb, just given the positional value relative to how offenses are operating with three and four wide receiver sets. You've got to have at least two good corners to be able to handle business and then obviously dealing with slot corners that can handle things within the inside. But yeah, I get it. But CeeDee Lamb, yeah, second team all pro. He should be able to have a layup on that contract. And that should get done relatively easy. But those are some of the things you start thinking about the team building going into not just this summer, but going into next year as well that you have to keep in mind, given the big ticket items that are coming. The Cowboys talking a lot about that last night during their celebrity home run derby. It's the get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fans. Speaking of that celebrity home run derby, the two-time champion, mm. Patrick Doney of NBC5. He joins us next on 105 through the fans. It's to get right, we're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Alec Med for holding it down for you. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the shortred.com text line 877-881-1053. Coming up in 16 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League where Mozzie Smith should draw some inspiration from this New York Giant who got paid today by the G-Men. We'll go around the NFL in 16 minutes. But right now, though, we go to the Diamond Factory Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Pat Doney, NBC5. He's an Emmy winner, sports anchor, and reporter for NBC Sports. And you can call him two-time home run derby champion. Big Bat Pat. He is positive Pat Doney. Pat, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, boys? How we doing? That's Do- right, back-to-back champ. That was that was a great night last night. We had a lot of fun out there. All right, so Pat, I know that you're typically a very humble, very wholesome individual, but we I need you to talk about your achievements right now. So first of all, obviously Emmy winner is a big thing that I don't want to skip over. How many of those do you have? And one is perfectly fine of an answer. Gracious, I, I've won three Emmys in my career. That's so right. I've, I've been nominated a couple other times, and I've I've experienced what it's like to to you know, hey, let's go to the awards show. We got a chance that you know we didn't win again, you know. And so I won three in my career, and and uh, maybe there's some more in the future. I hope at some point. But you're too kind to bring that up tonight. Thank you for that. Okay, so I want to know how much stuff did you talk to Clarence Hill after you <laughs> clown him and the rest of the field last night and winning your second consecutive. 
home run derby championship? You know, I don't feel like I could I could say too much because you know it was kind of I'm calling it the dead ball home run derby oh, no. era. You know, last night because uh, you know there was a little bit of a controversy involving the pitcher throwing. You know, we found out later he naturally throws a cutter, so apparently we had Mariano Rivera on the mound for the home run derby <laughs> throwing to us. Yeah, I- I'm the home run derby champion. I hit two, okay? So it's not like people were hitting massive bombs like crazy. Uh, it was a great night. We raised, raised a bunch of money, but I will point out, Clarence only hit one. So, yeah, no, I have, mm. I have the ability to let him know about that for a little while for sure. But it was a great night. I met a huge crowd out there, too, to see the Cowboys and it raised a ton of money for charity. So a huge thank you to Reliant Energy for them sponsoring, you know, all of these different charities and allowing me uh, to have my money go to Team Hoy, Texas, this great organization that allows kids with disabilities, like my son Hudson, who has cerebral palsy, to be pushed in racing chairs in 5K, 10K, and half marathon races. And it's completely free to the families involved. It's all run by volunteers. It's an amazing organization that has done such a great thing in my son's life and so many other kids' lives. So I was able to raise $2,600 for them last night from Reliant Energy. And so it's just a great night all the way around. Wish I would have hit a few more bombs, but I guess I'll take the trophy no matter what, right? Boys, I mean, you're going to take it, right? We're going to say no. I mean, I mean you got a trophy, you helped out charity, and you won. I don't know, I don't know what more you needed. Um, but real quick, one more thing before we move on from this. Um, who who were the competitors who seemed to take this the most serious? Because you know these are the <laughs> types of things. Question, yes. These are the types of things where some people are just happy to compete or be there, and some people are trying to win. I'm interested in who are, who are the latter. Now I don't want to throw any names out there, to, but I will throw Patrick Walker's name if I have to. I mean, like, <laughs> Patrick Walker from DallasCowboys.com was letting everybody know that he was ready, taking pictures of his bat on like Twitter and stuff like that. You know, it's go time. The monster emoji. And then my dude didn't hit a single home run, oh, is no. all I'm going to oh, say. You know? no. But, I mean, anyway, we had fun, and he raised a bunch of money. No, he'll be ready next year, I'm sure. It was his first time in the event, and I've been able to do this now for a couple of years in a row. And I will tell you, boys, when you step up there, I mean, your heart's pounding. I mean, it's like I haven't played baseball in 20 years. I played in high school, but it's been forever. I mean, you're nervous when you get up there, for sure, because it's like there's a lot of eyes on you, and it's been a long time since my – athletics you know has been watched by anybody right i mean so this is not something that is uh is a normal feeling in our day-to-day world so we had a great time man and it was really cool like i said to raise a bunch of money and next year we'll see if, if pat can hit at least one you know what i mean like just gotta, you gotta get one over the fence p walker oh on, knowing pat pat is gonna be in the batting cage somewhere oh yes himself, for sure right yeah don't, well, don't worry about I mean, that he's in the, he's Batting cage right now. <laughs> Three hundred sixty-five days getting ready for it. For no sure. days off. No days off. Pat Donate of NBC Five joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on one hundred and five through the fan. Uh, Pat, a lot of Cowboys talking last night. What were some of your takeaways from comments from Dak Prescott, Brandon Cooks, Micah Parsons, among others, talking last night? Yeah, Micah Parsons first and foremost was upset that he didn't hit more home runs. He's the most competitive dude I've ever seen in my life in anything. And so, I mean, that was the first thing that stood out is this guy cannot handle losing in anything, okay? So that was first and foremost as as far as the event goes. As far as the actual Cowboys team and the draft, Micah, first of all, looks significantly bigger. I mean, and that was apparently the big thing this offseason. He's going to put on more weight to be ready to be a full-time defensive end or edge rusher, and he already is noticeably bigger in person 
Uh, he was talking about Mozzie Smith, the Cowboys' rookie first-round draft pick D tackle out of Michigan, how much he is so excited to play next to Mozzie because Mozzie should take a lot of attention away from Micah, especially in the running game, because he's just huge. He's 325 with massive shoulders. He's going to be plugging holes, and it's going to be hard for offensive linemen to move in theory. And so that should allow Micah to have maybe a little bit less attention paid to him, which should allow him to have an even better season than what we've already seen so far. That's hard to imagine with how good he's been. As far as the offense goes, man, Dak and CeeDee Lamb love Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks loves those two dudes. I mean, Brandon was talking about Dak, and he said, you know, this is a guy – he said, I've played with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and playing right now, working with Dak in the offseason – I loved it because it was a very football term. He goes, now that, that guy can spin it now. That guy can spin it. You know, and he goes, <laughs> he's like, this guy is so special. It's been so fun to get to know him. And then CD talking about Cooks and Cooks' speed. And I, I mean, they're, they're feeling like, I think CD's words were, there is no ceiling for this Cowboys offense right this season right now with how they're feeling about it right now. And so I, I think they're feeling good. I mean, obviously they're coming off a great season last year. And Cooks is dynamic, man. I mean, he's a very, very fast player. I think he's going to bring that element to this team that's going to be able to maybe take the top off the defense a little bit, scare some of the secondary to have to play a little bit further back. And that should open things up for other completions and maybe life to be a little bit easier for Dak in the passing game in 2023. That's at least the Cowboys' hope. But a lot of good information and a lot of really cool conversations coming out of the uh, the event last night for sure we're talking to sports anchor for nbc5 pat doney and pat the beauty of being a sports anchor on tv is that you get to get all of the sports in dfw and right now uh the barn as they call it the aac um doing really exciting stuff with the stars obviously they lose game one but what are you looking forward to in game two uh between stars cracking well i think game one I almost feel like you could throw it out. You can't throw it out. Obviously, they're down one game to none. But what I'm saying is, from a confidence standpoint, everything that that I've kind of seen and heard from the stars and after the game and and leading into tonight's game is, this is a team that's looking at and saying, man, that was a weird start to the game, to the beginning of the game one, right? I mean, just bizarre goals being scored so quickly. And then really, after about the first five minutes, you could make the case that outside of the overtime goal game winner for Seattle, Dallas outplayed Seattle for the majority of that game. I will say Jim Nill, the Stars general manager, was in studio with us at NBC5 before the playoffs began. Uh, began. And the one thing he kept saying over and over and over about this group is they never panic, they never seem rattled, and that's in a game or in a stretch of games. It didn't matter if they were down a couple of goals in the third period. They always just seem to be calm, cool, and collected, just under control. And I think we saw that in the last series. They lost the first game at home in game one in the double overtime game that finished at like 1.15 in the freaking morning. And then, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, they're down. And then they were down two games to one. And they're playing in that crucial game four where if you lose that, you're down 3-1, you're probably not coming back. And it was like, no big deal. They handled their business one game four and they go on to win the series in six games, no problem. So I'm not really looking at this Stars team and concerned about their ability to handle the moment and their ability to say, yes, it's disappointing we lost game one. Yes, we should have come out and been more ready to go from the beginning and from the jump. 
But, but I think they're the better team in the series. And while Seattle deserves a, deserves a ton of credit for beating the reigning champs, the Colorado Avalanche, I still think this is a Stars team that has as good a chance as anybody in the league to win the Stanley Cup this year. And that's not just me saying that. I mean, they have the third best odds in Vegas right now to win it with the teams left. So, And all of those teams are kind of jumbled together. They're right there in the thick of things. If they can win tonight, I feel pretty confident in saying they're still going to win this series. And I don't think it's going to go seven. I, I think they'll end up winning it in five or six. Because I really, you look at it, boys, they're 12 and four in their last 16 games. There's a reason for that. Okay, this is a team that's playing real well right now. Pat, to bring it full circle before we let you go, the Rangers have an off day today before they get back on the diamond tomorrow when they take on the Los Angeles Angels. What have you enjoyed most, or what is something that you want to see continue to grow for this Rangers ball club given the way that they've started so far this year? Just so many times, KG, that they found ways to win games that have been close when we've gotten used to them not winning those games in recent years. I mean, they've, they've had the losing record every year since 2016, and it feels like a big reason why is how many times have we seen them down by a run in the seventh inning, and it's like, well, that's it. They're not winning. Or how many times have we seen them up by a run or two, and we, it almost kind of feels like, okay, how are they going to blow this thing? This year, they're finding a way to win so many of those games. I mean, it is shocking, boys. I know it's only May, May 5th or May 4th today, you know, but just at this point compared to a year ago and compared to what we've seen for the last almost decade of Rangers baseball, it has blown me away to see how well they're playing, how confident this group is, and they're doing that without Corey Seager and without Jacob deGrom now. So imagine when Seager comes back here pretty soon and hopefully deGrom comes back in the next couple of weeks at some point. I know he's a little bit delayed with that forearm, but overall, I don't know if you're a Rangers fan, how you can't just be super fired up about what you've seen to this point. Uh, Pat, before we let you go, one, I wonder, do you remember you helping me uh, debut my on-air career here on 105.3 The Fan under that pagoda in driving rain? Oh, baby, that was a day, Reg. I mean, let me say <laughs> so. And you carried us that day now because I was, I, was, I was frazzled, okay? The wind's going sideways, the rain pelting us in the face, and yet you were, like, calm, cool, collected, under control. Man, you carried us that day. Of course I remember that. I'm, yeah, glad, I'm glad that it appeared that way because it definitely <laughs> did. It wasn't that. But one thing we want to do, with, because on this program here, and I'm sure all of the programs on the station, but we have a heart for charity. You mentioned a charity that you were supporting in the Home Run Derby, and some of our folks want to get involved and help out. One, can you just give us the name one more time of that charity and how people can get involved? Absolutely. It's Team Hoyt Texas, and their website is teamhoyttexas.com. And again, anything that people can do to help out Team Hoyt Texas, I am a huge fan of. It's an organization that helps kids with disabilities racing these races, these racing chairs they're in are not cheap. They're a couple thousand dollars each. And so they can use the help every year. And I was glad to be a part of that last night. TeamHoyTexas.com. Hoyt is H-O-Y-T. TeamHoyTexas.com is the place to check them out. If you loved Pat as much as we did tonight, you can catch him tomorrow morning with Sean, Bobby, and Jane Slater at 9 a.m. as well right here on 105.3 The Fan. Pat Doney of NBC5 getting up to join us here on the get right pat as always i appreciate the time man and enjoy the rest of your evening appreciate you boys have a great night tonight thanks for having me big there. bat pat <laughs> he goes pat doney nbc5 good enough to join us here on the get right again you can catch him also tomorrow morning at 9 a.m with sean bobby and jane slater who has been doing a terrific job sitting in for rj choppy this week while he's been getting sunburned on vacation apparently oh is that what he's been doing oh yeah and seen his picture on instagram no oh. Yeah, you should check that out. 
Should I? Yeah. You, you want should. me to go? You want me to go look at his his sunburn? <laughs> okay. If you want to get a good laugh tonight, I suggest that you would go and look at that. That's messed up. Y'all laughing at his pain. He the one that gave it for us the world to Great see. Great point. Great point. I'm just saying. That's a good point. Yep. 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 <laughs> Coming up next, we go around the National Football League where the G-Men were handing out large bags today. To who? I'll tell you next on 105 through the fan. About to go around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reggie KG, where I'm terrified of artificial intelligence. Should be. Jeez. Even though, like, I think some of the terrors that we have right now are more based in science fiction, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that folks are trying to remedy that. They're like, no, 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 we're going to make this real horror. Don't worry about it. Kevin Gray, Reggie Atatula, Alec right. Med for holding it down for you. A little bit later on in the show, I saw a tweet today from Timberland that's got me absolutely what? shook. What? Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what and I'm talking about? He better not do that mess. That's we're gonna do that in the gray area. Yeah, we might. I have things either. to say. Yeah, because that is um, Medford. Do you, do you know what I'm referring to? Did you see? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, man, it's it's scary hours out here with this whole AI joint, and I, I don't know how Bobby. The reason why I initially saw it because Bobby had quote tweeted it, and he's like, "Look, man, I don't I don't know about all this." Like, oh, I, I know exactly what about <laughs> that. Also, is there anything that is like so obvious as me saying I have things to say? No, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I'm yeah. glad you let us know that. Mm. Uh, TroyRed.com takes on 877-811053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Coming up at the top of the hour, uh, the Warriors and Lakers get down for game number two. We're going to preview that game as LeBron and company look to steal game two on the road before taking the series back to Los Angeles. But, Alec, let's start and go around the National Football League here on your home with the Cowboys. And we start in the Big Apple where apparently, you know, things are popping these days, Sauce Gardner. Uh, we'll get to him a little bit later on in the show. But they're also doing pretty well for your man, Dexter Lawrence. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Dexter Lawrence got all the money today. That's because the all-pro defensive tackle for the New York football giants reached a contract agreement today. Four years, $90 million contract extension, including $60 million guaranteed Oh, that was just the guarantees. That's right. <laughs> I saw that's I right. saw 60, and I was like, good for him. Oh, that's just the money that we know he's going to get. That's right. Okay, fantastic. The deal makes Lawrence the third highest paid defensive tackle in the National Football League, that according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. So Dexter Lawrence getting the bag today. By the way, fun fact about Dexter Lawrence. What's that? Do you remember the trade that he was a part of or what – he eventually became part of in the trade. I don't even understand what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm no, I messed it, mess it up. No, it's, no, it's fine. I'm you sorry. you might have done fine. Text in if you understood what KG said. Cause like, they didn't because I didn't understand that. <laughs> one, one thing about me today, and I, I am comfortable saying it, today has been one of those days where I've needed people to repeat things. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm just kind of the attention span has been a little weak today. So mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm more inclined to think it was me than you. So Dexter Lawrence became the pick from this particular trade that took place in 2019. Do you remember what trade that was for the New York football Giants? Was that the Odell Beckham trade? That's right. That's oh, right. Boy. When the Giants traded Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns, one of the primary pieces they got in return was the 17th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. That player became... Dexter Lawrence. I mean, it was a dumb trade, but I'm glad they got good stuff out of it. Well, not glad, like, as, from the Cowboys' perspective, but, I mean, just in a general perspective, if you are the organization, good thing you got something back. Man, they were they were in the dark <laughs> ages for a second. I can't believe they had – the funny thing about the Dave Gettleman hire, right, 
was we knew that was a bad First idea. First of all, from it was Dave Gentleman getting hired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this wasn't a like, oh no, they made a mistake. They announced we are hiring Dave Gettleman, and everybody else was like, why would you do like, that? What? Did y'all wait? So you looked at his resume and you saw Carolina Panthers, and you looked at what the Panthers did, and you said, sign me up. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Yeah, the Gettleman era was a great one for the Cowboys, not so much for the Giants. Uh, in and but it got so. them Dexter Lawrence. So hey, congratulations. Hey, congratulations. Shout out to Brian Dable. Seven and a half sacks up the middle. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. I'm sure Mozzie Smith looking like, oh, y'all can get 90 million. Oh, yeah, Mozzie, take that, that for inspiration, yeah, baby. Get that go inspiration, get, dog. Go bring, eight. Yeah. go bring eight sacks up the middle. We get you that money too, buddy. You want motivation to get better as a pass rusher up the middle? There, there you go. There, there you go. <laughs> we will get Jerry to pay you some money if you can give us some eight, seven to eight sacks up the middle. Ninety mil could be waiting for you, Mozzie, if you start getting after the pass, you know, the passer in the NFL. So, congratulations, to Dexter Lawrence, getting his money. Love seeing the big men getting their money in the National Football League. Speaking of money, Lamar got all of it, all of it. Oh, let me see if I could find the like. The stipulations on this contract. Oh, yeah, they're fascinating. Yeah, it did seem like uh, he did this pretty well. All right, $72.5 million signing bonus. By the way, which is the largest signing bonus ever. Yes. Uh, what for I'm going a quarterback. To, I'm going to give you something that's a, a fact about this contract, yes. and then I'm going to tell you where it ranks in NFL history. Oh, okay, good. That okay. one. Oh, I like this. First, $80 million in cash in one year. <laughs> first, $156 million in the first three seasons of the contract. First overall in history, mm. um, $122.5 in the first two years. Again, first, uh, $52 million average per season. We understand that that's the highest in NFL history. $185 million total guaranteed. Second, uh, for obvious reasons. Shout out to the nasty man. Um, and $260 million <laughs> in total value, which is second. Not bad. Not bad for representing yourself. You know what I heard there? Pay me my money now. Deposit it in the bank. Here go to nine numbers. Here go to the account number. Here go to routing number. Put it in the bank today. <laughs> Thanks. Sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. He Put said, it in there. You're not paying for services uh, to be provided. You're you're paying for services rendered. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> I may not be here for a long time, but I'm here sure for a good time. Damn it! And he got all that money. I, I like what I like his style. So I like it. Obviously, that was not what we wanted to talk about with Lamar Jackson. That happened previously, but today they did the whole pick and stuff and he also talked and he said something that was pretty interesting when we took look at like the way that this uh team is constructed mm-hmm. um does does uh do we have audio on this I yes forgot. we do okay mm-hmm. uh lamar what's happening with you oh, man um, i'm very eager i'm very eager to, live, um, to be honest with you, you know uh I told, I think I told someone like, man, I want to throw for like six thousand yards with the weapons we have, <laughs> like, you know. And I'm, I'm not a individual award type of guy or stat watcher, you know. I just want to do that, you know, because no one ever done it. And I feel like we have the weapons to do it, you know. We got explosive guys, um, and like Coach said, Nelson, you know, the new addition, um, Zay, OBJ, and we got Bateman gonna be a hundred percent healthy. Dude's gonna be healthy, you know. So it's gonna. Mark, can't forget about Mark. I can't forget about my boy Mark. <laughs> and, you know, likely, so it's just can't wait to get rolling. He didn't even mention, mention out Nelson Aguilar. And why would you? But, like, the <laughs> point being, if you look okay. at if you look at the entirety of the way that this roster has been built, like the pass catchers, they built themselves a team that probably works best in 13 personnel. Hmm. Interesting. Or not 13 personnel, 11 personnel. 11 personnel, yeah. There we go. I was like, yeah, what, I did yeah, that backwards. Yeah, receivers, yeah. Because, like. But this hinges on Odell staying healthy. 
in a lot of ways. But that's, again, Nelson Aguilar is your fourth wide receiver. Yeah. That's why I mentioned him. It's like you might see a little bit more 11 personnel with three wide receivers out there. And that's why I think the beauty of adding Todd Monkin to that offense is mm-hmm. they are going to spread this out, which, I mean, we've had these conversations for. But they still want to run the football with J.K. Dobbins thing, quite a bit. You can do that spread out. Yeah. Sometimes we think about running the football as you got to have, is, you know, line them all up and mm-hmm. get them all bunched up. And sometimes what all you're doing is bringing a whole bunch of defenders. Can you imagine the defensive perplexities that you were, that you were putting on folks when it's like, hey, we need you to all be spread out but then also be able to get inside and then find a way to break down and tackle Lamar Jackson if he is going. That is where this could get really interesting. So I, I just find it interesting that he immediately went to that place, and obviously it's hyperbole. I don't think he's throwing for 6,000 yards. But like the idea that that is the way that he's talking about it makes me think that that's something that's in their mind, throwing the ball around the yard. I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And if those guys stay healthy between – Lamar, Odell, you know, it looks like DeAndre Hopkins is going to remain in Arizona, by the way, things are looking right now. But, I mean, they went out and drafted Zay Flowers as well to be a part of that offense. They're going to have a lot of ways to get the ball into playmakers' hands. And I'm just happy for Lamar that he got his contract uh, to be able to move forward with Baltimore. He is Baltimore, and Baltimore is the place where he needed to be. And I'm glad that they were able to work that out and get it done the way that they did and move forward there. That offense is going to be fun to watch in 2023. And again, you start thinking about all the quarterbacks in the AFC. There's My so many of them. Goodness. That's the tough part about it, though. I, I mean, at least obviously starting with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's a murderous row of quarterbacks in the AFC that you got to get yeah, through. Yeah, but Derek Carr left the conference. Touche. Touche. By the way, never forget, Derek Carr, best quarterback in the NFC South at the moment. Speaking of, did you see the did you see the uh, rumor that the Falcons were trying to get a deal done with that eighth with that eighth pick to try and get Ryan Tannehill? Or actually, I don't know specifically is about the eighth pick, but the idea was that they were maybe trying to get acquire Ryan Tannehill. The money on just purpose? didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What an elite response on purpose. Yeah, yeah, which leads a little bit, leans a little bit into your uh, kind of thought process on maybe this Desmond Ritter thing isn't as uh, desirable of a position to be. Because if, if the you. The Falcons looked around and thought the best idea was, hey, let's think about giving away the eighth pick for Ryan Tannehill. Again, I will walk that back because I don't recall specifically if it was, if the eighth pick was in conversation there, but they did have conversations about possibly trying to get Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I try to take the Falcons seriously, but I don't. I really don't after hearing some of that, if that is to be the case. That is hilarious. Um, but congratulations, you got B. John Robinson. Hope that works out for you there. That's right, 956. FYI, Ben DiNucci getting the shot in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. Conversation surrounding Ryan Tannehill in the eighth overall pick, reported by Simon Hunter of the Action Network. Anyways. Falcons are unserious. Are you kidding me? But they didn't do it. Unserious. And they got Bijan Robinson. So It's not even the fact that they didn't do it. It's the idea that someone walked into the room, Medford, and said, hey, here's an idea. Let's trade the eighth pick for Ryan Tannenhill. From the 940, their coach, Arthur Smith, was Tannehill's OC in Tennessee. I don't give a damn. And my response is, then he should know better. Then he should absolutely <laughs> know better.
<laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for that. Ryan Tannehill in 2023 in Atlanta. Get out of here, man. This is what I be talking about when I tell you NFL teams sometimes have no idea what they're doing. None. I mean, I also don't have any idea what I'm doing. You but wanna, you know not to do that. I was like, would you like to give me money? Like, <laughs> I, I, can, I can also have no idea what I'm doing. Please hit me up. That's your trip around the Atlanta Falcons right there on the NFL. No, I'm just joking. Uh, that's your trip around the NFL here on the game. That made right. you so viscerally mad. Because that's dumb. That's just really dumb. What? <laughs> Coming up next. Wow. Warriors-Lakers game two. Do we get vintage Stephen Curry or will LeBron James and company walk back to L.A. with a 2-0 lead? We talk about it next on 105 Through the Fan. And what do you know? We got a couple haters. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.